Seattle's Morning News. Dave Ross with Colleen O'Brien. Baseball rules are changing. And to me, this is a big deal. So I thought we'd call in Mike Sock. I want to start with the pitch clock. Yeah. I thought the pitch clock was like a, a simple, like, 10-second thing, but it's actually quite complicated. So explain this to me. No, I can't. It's still too complicated to explain. Uh, they've been trying this stuff out in the minor leagues, and it's, you know, it's just a way of trying to get these guys to move a little bit faster. And there there are some rules associated with it, and the batter ha- can't step out for a certain amount of time. You know, the pitch clock will make the game quicker. I think that there is some stuff with, with uh, at the ends of games I'm not – of all the rules they're instituting, this is the one I like the least, to be honest with Why? you. Pitch clock? Yeah, I don't mind that baseball takes a while. Like, I, I don't mind that baseball... But that's the whole point of the rule change is to speed it up. Yeah, I don't need it sped up. I don't think baseball needs to take less time. I think they need to insert more action into the game. But I don't have a problem with the length of a baseball game. Three hours, the same length of a football game. You might be alone in that. No, I don't think so. I think most base, actual real baseball fans, I don't think we mind that the game takes a while. I think what we mind is that there's not as much action in the game as there used to be. And if there was plenty of action, then nobody minds a three-hour baseball game because... That's an okay amount of time, and I like the tension that develops late in a game as a pitcher and batter staring at each other, and one steps off and the other steps out, and they go back and forth. I, I, that doesn't bother me. But that's all going to be in the past. Well, they're, they're going to have now they're going to have two. I know different ones depending on whether somebody's on base. Or base yeah, or which I get. But, you know, look, it makes sense when there's somebody on base. Things you know are a lot more complicated. But I don't. I, I mean, that will change the way we watch the game. I don't know how much it'll change the way they play the game. I see. I, I think that the rules that will change the play of the game are slightly more significant to me. And the biggest one there is banning of the shift. So, you know, in the last few years, if you've watched baseball your whole life, you know that, you know, you have a first baseman who stands next to first base, second baseman who stands on the right side of second base, shortstop on the left side of second base, and then the third baseman, right? You got two infielders on either side of second base. Well, teams realize, because they're really smart and they've got a lot of brilliant people working in mathematics and statistics for them, that for most hitters, it didn't make sense to have the best alignment was not to have two on each side, but to have three on their pull side and one on the other side because most hitters have difficulty hitting ground balls away from their natural pull side. Does that make sense? So it's hard for lefties to hit ground balls to third. It's hard for righties to hit ground balls to, to the first space side of the bag. Okay. So they move people over and guess what? All these balls that you knew forever are like, oh, that's ground ball through the hole. Nope, not anymore. Sorry, that's now an out because there's yeah. somebody standing right there. Oh, that's a ground ball up the middle. That's going to be a because hit. Because they shifted nope. people. They have a shift uh-huh. over there and there's a guy standing right where you would expect there to be a base hit. So they're going to put lines on the field? They're just where you're allowed to stand? What they're going to say is you've got to have two infielders on either side of second base. And they've got to have both feet within the infield dirt. They can't be out on the outfield, et cetera. They've got to be within. So Those are the new rules. Deliberately cripple the defense, basically. Yeah, because if you look at scoring in baseball, not just their runs down, but action is down. You need to get guys mm-hmm. on base. Mm-hmm. Home runs are, are flying out of the park. And people still like home runs. But they're more entertaining when we see more than just walk strikeouts, right. ground outs, and, and home runs. Very much. And so this should add the single back into the game. It should add the double more into the game, et cetera. And then they're going to do something else, which sounds really small and might not matter at all. I feel, or like, it this might one, be huge. I feel like this one's dangerous. Well, that one's massively important. I, I, the, the, the banning of the shift is yes. great. I love it. We will see so much more action and more hits in the game. And especially lefties like Jared Kelnick, I think, will really benefit from it. The other thing they're going to do is 
increase the size of the bases. And that's what I my initial thought was. Sounds silly, right? Dan- no, it sounded dangerous to me because in our job, we know exactly where the on. You know, we don't have to look at it, right? We know where the on button is, the off button is, where the mic is in front of our face. True. If yes. you move it, we will bump into it. That's so fair. So I'm thinking, if they increase the size of the base, but from 15 to 18 inches, how many jammed ankles are we going to get when they come in sliding? Well, actually, fewer. I think is the oh. goal. Um, it's a great point, and I will say, when we put new on/off buttons on here, I, yes. I definitely jammed my finger right? on this. Yeah, though. It Broadcasting is a game of inches. Yes, yes. and a, and a game that takes a lot of toughness. It's like hockey. All right. Um, <laughs> Um, we get into a lot of physical fights. The idea here is to make those bases a little bigger so that when there are close plays, that the guys aren't hit, are bumping into each other as often. They're not uh, having to be in such a condensed area. Sure. The cool, uh, maybe unintended, or maybe it's an intended consequence of that, is that the distance between the bases is actually a little bit shorter. Yeah. A stolen base is hard. Hard to steal a base. Right. And generally plays at second base when a guy steals, takes off for second, the catcher throws it down. They're bang, bang. Right. Yeah. They're really, really close. The An inch can be the difference between being safe or out. Guess who steals bases? Fast people. Yeah. Not big, burly sluggers who hit a thousand home runs and strike out a thousand times. Guys with some athleticism and speed. And guess who've been pretty well ignored in baseball over the course of the last 10 years? Guys with speed, athletes, nice. etc., and so there. All these things should bring more action and more excitement to the game. Yeah, pickoffs so play a pick role off, in that as well. So, so explain the pickoff rule. They you it's get two uh, tries. Two to tries. Pick the guy. Yeah, yeah. So the same idea, right? You know, right now you can you can try to pick a guy off at first ten times if you want. You can slow the game down as long as you need to. I see. And it makes sense. It's another way of keeping that base stealer closer to first base, which means the distance for him to steal second You're is You're talking about when longer. the pitcher picks off. That's right. Okay. Pitcher sort of steps off the rubber yeah. and throws to first real quick to try to, you know, they're trying to get him out, but really they're, they're just trying to keep him close so that he can't steal. Hmm. Well, if you can only pick off twice, guess what? Once you've tried it twice, I know you can't pick me off now. Mm. So now you got to come up with another strategy to try to keep me from stealing second base if I'm pretty fast. Yeah. And, so, if you, and, if, and if he, the rule says if you try the third time and you can't get him, then he gets the base. That's right. Yeah. Oh. So now you're putting guys on second base. You've got yeah. things in motion. I do think it will help guys, again, who have speed, who bother a pitcher. All of a sudden, those people are more valuable mm. in the game of baseball. So except for the pitch clock, then, yeah. you like these other rules. I really like the larger bases and I really like banning the shift. I don't need the others. I, I'm excited. That would be enough for me. Dianu. Like that would be enough for me to just do that. I don't, I don't, I think now you're starting to dig in a little bit too much to the integrity of the game when you start to mess with how many pickoffs are allowed. And I don't think the pitch clock is necessary, but I'm open-minded to seeing what it will look like. I mean, I'm okay with the idea. And hopefully, if we all agree that we don't like it, baseball can certainly switch back. I mean, it's not like these are now set in stone, commanded. Mike Zock, Seattle Sports 710. Thank you, Mike. Thanks. In the nation's northwest corner is Washington. 637. Our resident historian Felix Bunnell joins us Friday mornings for All Over the Map. Quick look at the stories behind local places and things. And this week it's time to deck the John Deere with boughs of holly and hang a shining star upon the International Harvester because it's time once again for the Centralia Lighted Tractor Parade. 
Yeah, good morning, Dave. The Centralia Washington Lighted Tractor Parade is tomorrow night, Saturday, December 10th, starting at 6 p.m. in the Lewis County town of Centralia, which was known as Skookumchuck for the nearby river, then Centerville, then Centralia, and was named for Centralia, Illinois. Now, the holiday events are relatively new. There's older lighted farm implement parades in Linden up near the Canadian border and in Sunnyside over in the Yakima Valley. Here's some sound I found on YouTube of the very first edition of the parade in Centralia in 2010. For you since it's radio. <laughs> it's a big John Deere, I think. I don't know my tractors that it well. It sounds but like the 2010 model, too. Yeah, no, I think it's got an exhaust issue, I would guess, too. <laughs> it's covered in holiday lights. It's pulling a giant hay wagon, which has about a thousand lights on. It's really crazy. Now, I spoke with one of the founders of the event, a commercial photographer in Centralia who grew up near there. Amanda McDougall says the first parade in 2010, they had 13 tractors, five of which were personally decorated by her family. Oh, I hear it again. It's coming around. It's coming back. Um, nowadays, they cap it at 90 tractors. It's really caught on. Um, Amanda McDougall, McDougall also says there was confusion among people who wanted to bring their decorated tractors and who would telephone her, insisting that the event was on Friday night. Wrong, says Amanda. It's always been Saturday. And she finally figured out what was going on. People are like, well, everything says Friday. And I'm like, no, we've always been on the second Saturday. And then we finally figured out it was Centralia, Missouri. (laughs) And so after years of trying to answer people's questions about the wrong parade, we have changed all of our marketing material to Centralia, Washington, lighted tractor parades. Yeah, so this is not Centralia, Missouri, which I checked on Google Maps. That's a 1,957-mile drive to Centralia, Missouri. This yes. one is much closer, much more convenient for people here in western Washington. But as far as the wisdom of holding a parade in December, it's tough enough in July and August around here to get pleasant conditions for the Torchlight Parade. So mid-December is probably a little ill-advised for expecting nice weather. But maybe it would be really exciting if it snowed? Never snowed. We keep some, one, one year it's going to snow. We have had some soggy years, but... That does not deter us. And honestly, it really doesn't deter the people. There's a lot of awnings downtown, which is nice. And they just, they're still out there. A thousand people. It's crazy. So the Lighted Tractor Parade, it's this Saturday. It's tomorrow night at 6 p.m. It's free. There are lots of awnings. Find a good awning. Mm-hmm. The route's about 15 blocks long, right through downtown Centralia, Washington. Um, Amanda McDougall says it's easy to park on the edge of the parade route and walk in and walk out and get out in a hurry when it's all over. Now, there's other lighted Christmas parades in Washington have already come and gone for this year. Linden's was last Saturday. dates to about 1990 or 1991. Sunnyside's was last Saturday. They claim to be the oldest parade like this in the nation, founded way back in 1989. And if you feel like traveling, the parade in Centralia, Missouri is next Friday. So there's time if you want to make travel arrangements to get to that smaller event in Centralia, Missouri. I'd put my money on the Centralia, Washington event tomorrow night. Which one has the tractor races? I don't think either one. I think, no. it's a, I think the race is to get out of there and get home before the uh, traffic gets all clogged as you're driving home to get home before midnight. So. 64 funny tractors? Yeah, that would be okay. great. All right. Don't you forget about me. Don't, don't. There you go. There's your exit music, Hannah. How Aww. could anyone forget about Hannah Scott? Oh, thank you. 648, and uh, we have a sad duty this morning to announce that Hannah's, this is Hannah's last day. Too many goodbyes um, lately, Dave. Too many I know, goodbyes. I know. Well, that's what happens. It's broadcasting after all. So uh, it's sort of secretive as to what she's actually doing next, but um, uh, we're losing her as a reporter. And so well, tell us what you can about this. Uh, I can't tell you very much. You are welcome to let it fly on Monday when I am uh, no longer part of, of Cairo Radio um, and, and, and then at my new job. But I can say that, you know, you haven't, I won't be on any airwaves, but you haven't heard the last of me. I'll still be connected to all of the things that I've been covering that have been very important issues and, and hopefully 
much more. So You're following your passions. Yeah. I mean, and that that's what's important in life more so than saying goodbye to your broadcasting family. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Never mind us. I've so. never been at a station as I've moved around all over the country, been a lot, a lot of markets, and I've never stayed at a station as long as I've stayed at Cairo Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys are all my family and always will be. So, yeah. well, you've you've served an important role here. I mean, I consider you an important voice on a number of uh, issues where we need someone of your authority. First of all, you're great coverage of the legislature. Uh, you've taken on the role of our crime and punishment reporter, which I think is important. You've uh, you've represented the role of the responsible gun owner, which I think is a voice that uh, needs to be heard uh, heard as well. And you're no nonsense. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody messes with Hannah Scott. That's no. true. That's true. That's uh, I was, and I want to just really quick while I'm on the air say thank you to all of the listeners. I, uh, you know, Cairo put something out on Facebook, and I put something out on Twitter last week, and the responses were um, more than I would have ever expected and uh, in, in number. And then just some of the things that people said were really, really heartwarming. I, it was too many to respond to individually. So I really just want to say thank you to all of the listeners who've been uh, listeners and dedicated listeners for me and for Cairo Radio for all the time I've been here. I love you all. And I heard and read everything that you said, and I'm extremely grateful. You know who I got an email from who? for the first time directly? Uh, Jenny Durkin. Really? <laughs> yep. She saw somebody let her know about my announcement on Twitter, and she reached out and said, good for me. Huh. She wants to make sure that your impending book is going to uh, <laughs> right. go Despite her all way. the things you said about the whole shop yeah. incident, huh? Yeah. yeah. No, and that, that's, that's 100%. And I, 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 Hannah, you know, I've, I've worked with her as a peer. I've worked with her as her manager, mm-hmm. which was kind of like a Freaky Friday situation. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Everything you do is for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Everything. Everything. Yeah. You will, you will spit in the face of anybody who tries to get in the way of good information and the truth for the listeners. Mm. Oh, I'm starting to tear up. No, stop it. <laughs> I know. Don't make me cry, it's, Colleen. It's Hannah Scott doesn't cry. So in yeah, your you new do. job, even though, you, losing her. even though you can't tell us what it is, will it involve marching into clouds of tear gas anymore? <laughs> I would say no, but that doesn't mean I won't be out there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I like to stay up on everything that's going on, and, uh, and you can expect me to continue to do that, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. And... Um, and still advocate for for all of the listeners, just in a different way. Will it will it involve answering questions from grizzled news anchors? Perhaps, maybe, could be, ah, could be. Are we playing twenty we're questions. Playing 20 until questions. We I think that's a possibility. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out what you're going to miss most about your your plum position here. At I, what I will miss most is is an e- that's an easy one is the opportunity. Uh, the people that I get to interact with when I'm doing my my stories, right? The people mm-hmm. I interview, the people I get to know, uh, even you know the policymakers, the, all of those those folks that I've gotten to know really well, that I've gotten to um, help work to work. I always say uh, that I work with people, whether that's a, just a, a, ra- a random you know person who lives in the neighborhood, whatever. People like Omari. I mean, that was such yeah. a wonderful thing to get to know Omari, and Omari and I will still be great friends, and he'll still be connected to you guys as well after I exit. Um, all of those types of things have been great. What drives me, Colleen? You used to know this at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. What, what is it? Well, there are a lot of things drive you, Hannah. I don't want to speak for you. You go ahead. Being able to make a difference, and yeah. I'll still be able to do that, I think. And you have, and so much in your reporting. I mean, when you say that, what I think back to is all of the work you did on the rape kits yep. and the sexual assault advocacy and all of that. And I know you're going to make an impact in your new position as well, but that's what that's what I'm saying is... 
Hannah's not doing this for herself. Uh, you know, getting to know her as a peer and as her manager, everything is driven by helping people, mm-hmm. helping the listeners, listening to the listeners, advocating for them, asking the questions they want her to ask, you know, walking through tear gas. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've been like, Running Hannah, are you gas. okay? And she's like, well, I can't breathe, but I, I gotta see. get this sound bite, you know, and you hear, I know. you remember the riots of 2020? Yep. Hannah was in the center of all of that. Wow. And, and she yeah. keeps driving for that. And so to lose that in a newsroom is devastating, but I'm so happy for my sister in broadcasting that you're landing somewhere where you're gonna have a good time. I remember when I first started working here back in February, and I'm like, Where's this Hannah Sackerall? Because I hear her news reports. And then I finally met you this summer. And now you're leaving. And now we're leaving. I know. I know. But again, uh, I'll I'll still be somebody uh, all of you can contact. And uh, again, you're all my family. So I don't expect that this is the final goodbye by any means. And of course, the most memorable sign off in the business, Hannah Scott. Cut News Radio. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I have to just say this really quickly on the air, and I know I told you this privately, Dave, and I know you agree with me because I think we've talked about this before, Colleen. Dave Ross, this, when I started coming into this studio to talk to you, uh, in long form, it was something I had not taken on previously. It was a very different animal for me. And you, my friend, are the most generous talk show host. And I couldn't speak to this because I've known many. And trust me, they're not all this way. Uh, you are so generous and you helped me blossom and flourish mm-hmm. and have the ability to do the things that I ended up doing here. Well, thank, thank you. you. We will miss you. I will miss you guys too, Sophie. <laughs> Margaret Brennan, the host of CBS's Face the Nation, she just talked with the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, about everything that led to the release of WNBA star Brittany Griner and what happens next. You know, this was good news for the Griner family and a win for the Biden administration to bring any American home. And that's essentially how the Biden administration is explaining this, saying their hands were tied, that it was Russia who chose the American and Russia chose Brittany Griner, that they weren't willing to give up Paul Whelan. And the White House uh, and the Secretary of State argue it was uh, one or none and they chose to bring an American home. Um, But in describing things that way and trying to argue it wasn't a concession, it just wasn't a choice. It also just underscores that Russia has the upper hand. And that if you carry an American passport, if you're an American celebrity with a passport, uh, that makes you available um, bargaining chip for an American adversary. A couple of years ago, I took a cruise. We stopped in St. Petersburg for like mm. a day trip. So <laughs> in other words, I could have just been shanghaied and used as a bargaining chip. Not that I have the importance of a Brittany Griner, <laughs> but I mean, is that the kind of thing we're talking about here? Well, look, there is often a a certain profile, um, people who have dual citizenship, uh, people who are former military, uh, or, you know, there's a way to sort of cast dispersions about them being uh, involved in espionage. That was the case with Trevor Reed. That was the case with uh, Paul Whelan. Um, That's also one of the arguments against doing a swap of this caliber, right, for Victor Boot, who was serving a 25-year sentence for trying to kill Americans and conspiring with terrorists uh, as an arms dealer, that, that you can take someone valuable to the Russian state and trade him for a WNBA star somehow ups the price on the head of all Americans. That's the argument against this. But to be clear, this administration, the Trump administration, the Obama administration, all of them have been engaged in prisoner swaps. And it's kind of unique to, to who we are as Americans, that this expectation is foisted on uh, diplomats and the American president that if you get into trouble, your country will come and save you. Uh, Vladimir Putin Putin doesn't have that pressure on his shoulders. Yeah, right. Uh, Politics. 
Kirsten Cinema decides to go independent, uh, but says she's not changing anything about, about, about the way she votes in the Senate. So the Democrats retain the majority, but she must have done this for a reason. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it? Well, in this orchestrated unveiling this morning with press releases and videos and interviews, um, Senator Cinema is making a splash, no doubt, um, and a statement. What you are correct in saying that, you know, fundamentally, it, it's not believed that this means she's secretly a Republican, right? Like that the 5149 makeup of the new Senate where Democrats do have that majority. The reason they count to 51 is because they already have two independents, Bernie Sanders of Vermont and Angus King of Maine, who are. Also, those with eyes, independents next to their name, who tend to vote with Democrats, who caucus with the Democrats. And so, you know, Democratic leadership is saying, oh, this doesn't really matter. But it's a statement for a reason. And um, look, Senator Cinema has made clear that she will be independent in her thinking. She, alongside Senator Manchin, were names we talked about a lot as being kind of a thorn in the side of this White House uh, when they were trying to get Democrats all in line, that they use this leverage um, because it, it's such a slim majority that every vote matters. And so will she caucus with the Democrats the, the way uh, Sanders does? In, in the statements she's made, and by the way, I would love to interview her and ask her all this, um, in the statement she's made publicly, uh, that hasn't been completely um, clear uh, in how she's articulated this. She's she's casting it as a reflection of a broken partisan Washington and that she is reflecting the, the complexity of her state, which is sometimes purple and not clearly red, not clearly blue. Margaret Brennan, the host of Face the Nation. Time for your daily dose of kindness. It's brought to you by Heritage Homecraft. This one from our reporter, Darren Dito. A Marysville woman who suffered a stroke and lost her job has been living without running water since April. But two acts of kindness has changed her life in time for the holidays. Imagine turning on the tap and nothing coming out. Cameron Brown of Brown's Plumbing says it's been the dilemma for a Marysville woman. Boiling water for showers and and, and using bottled water for for survival and and flushing toilets and and stuff like that. Police told them about her situation and they offered to fix a water leak for free. Well, we've always been in the community, you know, for over 70 years. So we try and help out. Repair a busted pipe just another way people in Marysville take care of each other. Yeah, definitely a small community that, that tries to stand together and, and help out its uh, residents. Darren Dito Cairo, News Radio. In addition, he says an anonymous person paid months of her unpaid water bills too. And in more local news, to warm your heart, an early holiday surprise for a local family who lost their loved one in the line of duty. The Tunnels to Towers Foundation paid off the mortgage for the home of Everett police officer Dan Roca. He was killed in March while confronting a man for suspicious behavior. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation was established in memory of a firefighter who was killed on 9-11. And according to My Everett News, the chairman of the foundation says they wanted to honor the Roca, uh, Roca service, that is, and make sure his family can stay in their home forever. Nice people. 748 and now from the G and Ursula show it starts at 9 right here in Car News Radio here's G Scott one of the best smelling broadcasters in the business I wasn't aware of that yeah Mickey just noticed too so the other day when we were in the other studio and I said G's been here I can smell his cologne it's so wow. and Mickey wearing a beautiful perfume today so we're just, just is just that him or his spirit animal yeah <laughs> I got I got to tell you so here's the thing that makes me nervous right uh, here's what makes me nervous I don't smell it 
Okay? Oh. No, no, I'm being serious. I don't smell it. So this could easily go the other way. Where it's too much. <laughs> no, I, whether it's too much, whether it's like, ooh, gee, Scott, he kind of stinks. Yeah. Right? I'm seriously, when I tell you guys, I don't smell it. Like, I don't walk around like, ooh, I smell good. Would you want us to say, like, gee, it's a little too much? Sure. Okay, so you do want the honesty. Yeah. Well, I want we're the- being honest when we say you smell good. Yeah. I'm but- going to be honest right now. Huh. You smell expensive. Ooh, oh, Mickey. Wow. Oh, dang. Yeah, I'm just trying to give people like a 3D version of us, right? Because you only hear our voices. You yeah. also need to know what we smell like. Okay. What do you, what do you think, Dave? <laughs> I have no interest in this. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I don't know. He apparently can't smell either. You have anosmia, sir? Maybe that's what it is. I yeah, don't know. Could be. Yeah. I was going to ask you about uh, Baker Mayfield. Sure. Man, well, it's crazy. Two things. One... Baker Mayfield was on the Carolina Panthers team that's going to be traveling here to play against the Seahawks on Sunday. Then he was cut and released. So, oh, okay. So Baker Mayfield won't be the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. But then the Los Angeles Rams says, well, we kind of need a quarterback. And how about you come to our team and you're thinking, okay, he's going to, you're not going to start Baker Mayfield on a Thursday night, (laughs) considering he's only been on your team for 10 minutes. (laughs) Basically, the the Rams says, nope, I know you just got here. Look, we don't even unpack your bags. Here's a jersey. Here's a helmet. Get out there and play. And then Baker Mayfield, you would think, uh, would not win a game against the Raiders. It was looking bad. The Raiders were in control of the game the entire time, and for some reason, the defensive coordinator for the Raiders, who actually went to Yale, uh, went out there and displayed the dumbest defense in the absolute (laughs) world. You played press man, man man-to-man coverage with no timeouts left on on an offense that was done, and you let Baker Mayfield drive down the field. My second thing, I'm happy for Baker. Right. I really am. So even though he got it because of a dumb decision, you're happy. I'm happy yeah. for him he because really- I think that there's all of us. Doesn't matter. Like I always, I always like to talk about sports into life because the truth is, what you guys see, it might you might make you make you think it's different. It's not. NFL football. Congress, it doesn't matter. Life is life. We're all human. Maybe what we do and what we get paid might be different, but we're all human. And in the case of Baker Mayfield, the entire world was laughing at him being let go in Carolina, including me. Right? And so here is Baker Mayfield. Ha ha ha. Didn't work out with the Cleveland Browns. Ha ha ha. Didn't work out with the Carolina Panthers. Ha ha ha. You're on your, on your couch now. And then, oh yeah, this Baker guy, yeah, he's going to lead the Rams to a uh, victory on Thursday night football. And he doesn't. And he doesn't. And his team, uh, celebrates him. And so to which I say, that is a beautiful thing when people doubt you when people make fun of you and you overcome adversity and you win that's a celebration so is this a like a tom brady moment does this prove the theory of the indispensable quarterback mm. well it proves that yes the quarterback is the most important position on the field 
And one of the biggest reasons why is they touch the football (laughs) more than anyone. Another reason why is uh, they are involved in the majority of the plays. So you can be, let's say you're Richard Sherman and you're a cornerback, right? You could be out there on the field and have no plays come your way, right? And everybody's like, oh, Richard Sherman's great. And then this quarterback who touches the ball 76 times, he snapped the ball 76 times. He was successful. He was doing okay 74 times, but three times he messed up. Guess what? Everybody's only talking about the three times he messed up. So does Russell Wilson deserve the... I mean, how did Russell Wilson come into this equation? Well, because I'm wondering. I mean, you were just saying that, you know, we were all doubting him and then he pulled out a win and we're happy for him. I don't think Russell ever comes back out of this. Okay. Really? That's what I was no, wondering. No, really. No, I think I think now, right now, it is a real mental game for him. And two reasons why I don't think it's going to happen. Number one, Russell has never had to deal with this type of adversity. Yeah. He was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks. And I tell you guys this all the time because this is important. Seahawks culture is a big deal. Seahawks culture is real. I told you early in the season, name me a player that has left Pete Carroll's culture and went on to go on another team, and you're like, oh my goodness, that player's way better on that other team than they were with Seattle. That's a good point. That doesn't happen. And then the second thing is, is I think that the culture over there in Denver is just all messed up. They brought in a rookie head coach, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but they were just bought by, which, which Walton? One of the Waltons at Walmart, right? So they had an ownership change. There's a lot of things that need to get uh, off the ground there. It's not just a quarterback position. It's everything in Denver. It's the it's the entire building. So when the Seahawks go out there and win a game, it's not just a team that wins the game. It's the entire Virginia Mason Athletic Center that wins the game. It takes an entire organization to win a game. And in the case of Russell, I think he's in a, in a very bad situation. I need your prediction for the Panthers. 31. <laughs> you're right. I'm going to guess that's his roulette number. Black 31, Black, by the way. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, 31. Uh, uh, 31, uh, 26. Oh, Seahawks. going to be a close one. Okay. G. Scott, 9 o'clock. See you guys. All right. 835 sales morning news. And in the spirit of our 34th annual Holiday Magic Campaign to support Treehouse for Foster Kids, we're bringing you some of their stories. The Cars News Radio's Sam Campbell talked with one young man who says Treehouse gave him another shot at life. David graduated from Deer Park High School this past June, but that achievement was just the culmination of a long, hard-fought journey, one he endured while taking care of his younger brother. From difficulties growing up. My mom would always be gone for up to weeks at a time. To losing his grandfather, who taught him woodworking. I just started designing things, building things, mostly in memory of him, since he did recently pass away a few years ago. To the struggles of foster care. The foster parents usually want you to just relax and not parent the other siblings. But they also don't see the wide perspective that I've already lived through with Danny. And to the independence of securing his first apartment. I was still in the middle of choosing a place in Spokane or Deer Park. And then I got told that I was going to be able to have my brother live with me. And that changed everything. David says it hasn't been easy, but Treehouse was there to pick him up when he fell down. They definitely have taken a huge weight off my shoulders every time they've helped me. Treehouse was founded decades ago by a group of social workers looking to give foster kids a life well lived. 
and a fair shot at success. For David, that meant the money to afford trips with his DECA program in high school, tutoring him through classes, and after getting his diploma, helping him find a job and an apartment. And having people around me that I could speak to about apartments, about rent, about electricity, about how to actually start my journey into being independent. After watching over him for most of their lives, David says it means the world to be able to give his brother Danny something they never had as young children a home of their own. It means I can do things properly for my brother and kind of give him peace of mind that neither of us really had growing up. And it's because of Treehouse's help. David says it has freed him from constantly worrying about surviving, about the here and now. And now he's able to thrive. Soon he's taking a special piece of furniture crafted in memory of his grandfather to a national woodworking competition in Las Vegas. For the top of that table, I did a Lynchburg effect. He deconstructed a microwave to give the wood a lightning bolt burn pattern. And then when you turn it on with a baking soda water solution on the wood, it burns in this lightning-like effect. David's table stands using wires and what appears to be magic. But in reality, he used something called tension integrity design. The upcoming competition is just one of the many plans that David has for his and his brother's future. My goal is by the time Danny graduates, and uh, has a good job and a, a way to pay for his own rent and have his own apartment, I would like to put a down payment on a house and work my way towards a family of my own. It's a shot at life he doesn't think he'd have if someone hadn't given him hope. Sam Campbell, Cairo News Radio. I'm Dave Ross. And I'm Colleen O'Brien. Thanks for listening to Seattle's Morning News. You can hear us live every morning on 97.3 FM or subscribe to this podcast and you'll never miss the show.